Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition right here on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. My man, George Kurtz. Slowly, weekend by weekend, counting you down, leading you up to the 2018 Fantasy Football season. Um, telephone number to get involved, 844-843-6879. Already went over some of the big news of the day with Julian Edelman. Well, the big news of the week with Julian Edelman getting this four-game suspension. Be careful how high you pull Chris Hogan up on draft boards because you know his long litany of injuries. Another New England Patriot in the news this week, uh, George, was my man Rob Gronkowski. His horse named Gronkowski, well, he has a small percentage of the horse, finished uh, second in the Belmont yesterday. Uh, Justify triple wins the triple crown. Gronk's horse finished second. He was out in Belmont yesterday, which is not too far from you, and uh, he was having a good time living it up and uh, rooting on his horse who finished second. Did you see this? Uh, you know, it's funny. I grew up in Belmont, which is uh, I grew up uh, probably about two, three miles from uh, Belmont Racetrack, so I've was, was been there a few times. I did not see it. I am not a race. Uh, I am not a horse fan. Uh, I. I would have. I was out with friends last night. Uh, yeah. you know, we uh, having some food, watching the uh, Yankee Met game. So no, I didn't see it, but uh, found it interesting. I, I didn't think his horse was that good to finish second. I, I didn't either, to be honest with you. But hey, apparently so. Big news with him this week is rumors that the New England Patriots were going to trade him. I would have loved to know who the team that was talking to him would have been. Heard it was San Fran. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Heard it was San Fran. They have My a history there. They they do, but. It's a weird time to trade him, Corey, because you can't get any value now for him. No, uh, you can't. I can't see a player coming back. It would have been draft picks, more than likely draft picks. Now, you already traded Brandon Cooks. Now, you get rid of Gronkowski, and the draft already passed, so you're talking you're getting players next year. So, how would this have I mean, I understand Brady being – assuming this is true. The whole story is that Brady then – you know, they heard about this and said he'd retire if they made this deal. And like I said, assuming this is true, I don't blame Brady. But I, I just have a hard time. What is Bill Belichick saying? What, what, we're not going to compete this year? You know, because you're not getting any value. What, what, what was coming back in this deal? Were you getting George Kittle back and, and more draft picks? Are you replaced some of what uh, Gronkowski lost? Uh, what Gronkowski was going to lose? For you? Uh, what you were going to lose in Gronkowski? It just didn't make a lot of sense for me. So I don't, I don't know really how true this was. I mean, they all came out and denied it, which is I, I don't care. Of course they're going to deny it, whether it's true or not. But uh, – in the end, yeah, I don't know how much I, how much faith I put in this. Just bear, unless it's, this was something that was talked about two months ago before the draft, then this would have made more sense. Yeah, no doubt, I agree with you on that one. I think it's be like you said, it'd be tough to do that move right now. But um, it's just always something going on in the New England Patriot camp. But Gronk will continue to be a tight end one as long as he's on the field. He's going to be the go-to guy. Another story coming out of some of the um, mandatory minis and OTAs like that this week was a. Um, Oakland Raider quarterback Derek Carr saying how he sees why Aaron Rodgers loved throwing to Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson, 33-year-old uh, wide receiver now, member of the Oakland Raiders. 
Um, listen, I'm not in on Jordy. I understand his red zone dominance, what he can do to help a young quarterback. More than likely, the reason why he was brought in there uh, by John Gruden. I still think Amari Cooper is the go-to weapon. Cooper had a down year last year. I think he bounces back big time this season. What do you think about this uh, core of Cooper and um, <clears throat> excuse me, Cooper and Jordy Nelson out there in um, Oakland? I mean, I agree with you about uh, Cooper. He is the main guy there. Nelson being more of the number two role. I mean, how much does Nelson have have left? You know, he's lost a step or two. Now you don't have Rodgers throwing to you, and a lot of the. Uh, even the value the last time Nelson had a big season was Rodgers making plays behind the line of scrimmage, allowing Jordy to get open. You know, that extra time. You can't ask a, quarter, uh, a cornerback to cover for six, seven seconds. It's not going to happen. And a lot, of the, a lot of the value with Nelson was touchdowns. You know, so I don't know if you can really count on that again uh, with uh, Carr. Carr also had a poor season last year. He didn't play all that well. Some of no, it not did. all his fault. You know, so there's a lot not to like here. I think right now Jordy Nelson's ADP is uh, seven point, uh, seventh round. You know, it sounds about right. I'm not out on Jordy, but he's a wide receiver three. You know, and he's certainly not a wide receiver one anymore. I don't even think he's a wide receiver two. I'd have him wide receiver three category. So I say he's not someone I'd look to avoid. Cooper is wide receiver, high-end wide receiver two, with some upside there that he finally puts it all together and stops dropping passes. The running game, all right, it's intriguing somewhat. We'll see what they can do. Then the running game is important because I think Carr needs that running game to keep that defensive pressure, you know, to keep the defense guessing somewhat about what they're going to do. So uh, you, you hope... It's going to work. I don't know if I trust Gruden going back to his 90s approach here, if that's going to uh, work out here overall. Bottom line is, I, I don't think I care. If I get Nelson, fine. If I don't, fine. I'm not looking to avoid him, but I'm not looking to get him either. But you would buy, you would, would you buy a rebounding Cooper? I said I would take him as a wide receiver too. So you, uh, yeah, I think he's so a solid would. player. I think I would. I think there's upside yeah. there. And I like upside, Corey. I always like guys who I think they're, you know, he could be outplay when I'm drafting him. Nelson, I don't think he can. Cooper, I do. Player dropped that fast and ADP from one season to the next. Signals that that player is going to bounce back that next season and go back more than likely to where that ADP was the season before that. So that happened with Todd Gurley and Keenan Allen last year. So I would be um, skeptical to leave guys off the off uh, like Cooper, I, I, George. You know how I talk about last year's trash. I like to buy last year's trash because of the discount you get it at. I wish Des Bryant had a team because I would be in on Des Bryant this year also because I like to buy players coming back off down seasons. <clears throat> and Amari Cooper is definitely one of those. He was a major disappointment in 2018, but I do think it turns around for him this year. And you were right. That run they bring before before we get to the running game. They bring in Martavis Bryant. I really want to like this Martavis Bryant signing, but you definitely have to, you know, you can get him late. He definitely is the guy that hurt a lot of feelings last year. I mean, I saw some places where he was going in the third or fourth round of drafts, and he was a complete dog. I mean, you know, DNPs throughout parts of the season, uh, you know, from the more, put on a practice squad at times. You know what I'm saying, George? So, but Bryant has talent. Change of scenery could be good for Bryant. I agree with everything you said. I died with him in a couple of leagues last year because of uh, his antics and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh getting that punishing and sending him out of town and losing his job to Smith-Schuster. Uh, the talent's there. We know he can play. Can Carr take advantage of that? You know, can he take advantage of that? Uh, I mean, when you think about it, you know, Coop, he, Cooper on the outside, Bryant on the outside, Nelson in the middle, takes a lot of the pressure off because even though Nelson's not the player he was, you sort of think he's going to have to prove he's not the player he was before defenses really figure that out. 
yeah. and worry about Bryant more. So Bryant, especially early in the season, will have a chance to make big plays because he may not see that safety over the top all the time. Can he get his head out of his ass and play football? If he can, he's still valuable. He's def- a definition of a guy you said last year is trash who could really pay off this year. I, I wish I just don't know if I trust Carr to get on the ball. That's the bottom line. I just don't know if I trust Carr. And that was going to be my next question. Another, like You mentioned it. Terrible player last year was Derek Carr. He was the guy that was going inside the top 10 quarterbacks. He's forgotten about man. I've seen, you know, Derek Carr is one of the last quarterbacks to go in fantasy drafts. One of the last starters to go in fantasy drafts. He's going around, you know, after guys like Jared Goff. Is how, low, we're, how, is how late we're seeing uh, Derek Carr go. He's on the board with guys like Eli Manning. He's dropped that far from where he was at last year. I'm normally willing to buy these situations, but if I buy Derek Carr, it's definitely as a quarterback, too. And at the first sign that it looks like last year, I'm cutting his ass. Yeah, Carr's only uh, value to me would be in a super flex or a two-quarterback league. In a one-quarterback league, he's not going to make my top 12. He's, he doesn't make my top – actually, he barely makes my top 20. So that, that's where uh, Derek Carr is. I don't see any, any reason to go for him. Uh, the upside, there is some upside there, but not major upside. I mean, who would you take him over That's uh, in, your, in your top 12? Roethlisberger because you're worried about the road? Okay, Stafford. But Stafford puts up great uh, the same good numbers every year. Stafford you know, and Al- Alex Smith. You know, yeah, I mean, you're looking at old guys like this, and I don't know if Carr is just all of a sudden going to you know, figure it out and also be that quarterback we want him to be. I said I, I like him, but only in two quarterback leagues. This week, this past past couple of days, we had um, two champions crowned, George. Telephone number to get involved. You got some fantasy talk or whatever you want to holler at us about, 844-843-6879. In the NHL, you saw the Washington Capitals go out and win their first Stanley Cup, and Alex Ovechkin been sleeping with the thing, drinking out the thing, toting the thing all around. It's, every time I see the Stanley Cup, Alex Ovechkin's attached to it. So congratulations to him and the Washington Capitals. They've had a long time trying to get to this to this level, and they finally were able to break through this year. So um, congratulations to them, George. Absolutely. What's that old stereotype about Russians, that they show no emotion? Yes. I mean, Ovechkin's blowing that straight to hell. Right, he's, he's having a blast. He should have a couple of watching Nationals games. They're swimming with the thing. The dream. I mean, he's having an absolute blast and good for him. I know you don't follow hockey, but Ovechkin, uh, I made the comparison. He was compared to like Tony Romo. His numbers were great, but because he didn't win a championship, he sucks, which in yeah. my mind is idiotic. I, I hate that comparison. I hate it. Truly hate it. All right, Ovechkin, in my mind, is the greatest goal scorer ever in the NHL. You know, he's just, he, he is that good. And now that he's won a cup, now everybody will come around to it too. You know, now he's probably a top five overall player ever in the NHL. But it's good to see that boy, he has that, that, that boyhood enthusiasm when he plays. And he's not just a goal scorer, Corey. He hits. He's not afraid to mix it up at all. He doesn't fight. Not that kind of guy. But he hits, not afraid to put his body out there. He's an energy player that everyone feeds off of. I mean, it was a strange season for the Washington Capitals, Corey. This was not – the last couple of years, they always win the, always get the most points in the NHL. They have for many years. But this year, they weren't, weren't expected to be that great a team. Still a playoff team, but not that great a team. They had lost some players. And this is the year they win it. I mean, it's just a, a fantastic story all around. And their head coach, Barry Trotz, free agent. He couldn't have picked a better year to win the Stanley Cup. No doubt about it. So there you go right there. Shout out to Barry Trotz. Good job for him. Also, over the past couple of days, you saw the Golden State Warriors win their third NBA championship in four years. I know you don't watch basketball, George, and or get into it, but another dominant postseason run, another dominant uh, NBA final run, like they have had the past, you know, 
three of these championship seasons, really making um, easy work of the Cleveland Cavaliers once again. Now, with three championships in four years, George, now you got to start looking across the sports for the Golden State Warriors, even though I know you don't watch basketball. When you look at the Patriots of the 2000s, the Cowboys of the 90s, and the 49ers of the 80s, sustaining these type of dynasties, very impressive. Oh, absolutely. They're a dynasty. I think you used the correct term. They are a dynasty. You need to win three and four to be a dynasty. You know, winning back-to-back, you're not a dynasty. You won back-to-back. You need to win three and four. Maybe even three and five I might give you. You know, to be a dynasty. Uh, I did know Golden State won, by the way. I'm not, I'm not that out of touch. <laughs> uh, someone actually joked about that earlier. George, yeah, I know, folks. Okay? You know, I had the ESPN app. I get little, little bit. So even if I didn't want to know, I would still know. So, uh, but they're, they're a dynasty. I don't think there's any doubt they're a dynasty now. And I know the big thing in the, uh, the NBA is, you know, they, I, but they post the odds automatically of, you know, next year's championship, which in my mind is silly because until you find out where LeBron's playing, how can you post any odds? You know, yeah. wherever he goes, that team's either going to be in, either an auto, if he goes to a great team, there'll be an automatic win, or if he goes to a so-so team, they'll be in the odds to win the championship. So uh, I, always, I always find that funny when they post the odds so quick. Yeah, no doubt. Think back to those Cowboy teams, um, George. You know, you look at, the San Francisco 49ers were their biggest rival, really their only rival. Basically, in that era of the NFL, the Cowboys and the Niners, their two games, the NFC Championship and their matchup in the regular season were the two games you look to look forward to in those seasons. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, those were, that was a must-watch must TV, like the Patriots and uh, Colts years later. Yep, when they played each other with Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Those are games you had to watch because you knew those two teams were going to face each other. Now, you, you said it earlier in the show with Dwight Clark, our sympathies to uh, the Clark family as he passed away. You know, that game in 81, that was the only game I ever cried about. I was 12 years old when the Cowboys lost that championship game. But one thing about that game that very few people remember, everyone remembers the Dwight Clark catch. No one remembers that Dallas got the ball after that. And Dallas was driving. Matter of fact, on the first play when they got the ball, uh, it would have been a touchdown for Drew Pearson. They made a shoestring tackle. And it gave the Cowboys the ball, the ball at about the 45-yard, their own 45. So they only needed about 20 yards for a field goal. There's plenty of time left. Had Ravdell Septiem at the time. Danny White fumbled a snap. That's how Dallas lost, more than really the catch. They were driving. It was, it was that close to winning that game. Uh, but, yeah, Dwight Clark made the, that catch. It's what everybody remembers. And in some ways it was the end of uh, – the Dallas great team. I can't call them a dynasty. They only won two Super Bowls during the 70s. But they yeah. lost the uh, championship to Philadelphia the year before. Then they lost to San Fran. And then they lost to Washington the year after that. I remember all of those uh, season-ending losses. I was very young, younger than you were at the time. And definitely, you talk to most Cowboy fans from that that, that go back, you know, 30-plus uh, years, George. They are um, – they remember those moments, and everybody will tell you the catch is one of the most painful moments. And you nailed it. The Cowboys drove down and almost getting in position to win that game, uh, even after that play. And then, obviously, you know, the, the, rest is, the rest is history. But when you go through those championship runs, you have those kind of plays and those kind of moments. So that spurned San Francisco's run, and then Dallas' run was spurned in San Francisco. But – um. Speaking of hurtful plays in Cowboy history, the, the 07 game against the Giants, uh, Romo throws that last interception in the end zone after Patrick Creighton runs the wrong route. Oh, man, George. That, we left you that one what, on what's, the table. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's one of the rules that hurts as well. You know, that, that definitely hurt. But people, Patrick Creighton, actually he dropped what would have been a touchdown earlier in the game. 
on a yes. crossing route where there was nobody in front of him. He dropped that. And people, I don't even know if you remember, on these, I think it was the third or fourth to last play where they were throwing up pretty much a Hail Mary, Creighton was one-on-one on the right side. He beat yep. his man and stopped running. Yep, And the I ball fell that. just out of his reach. And, but no one ever questioned him. Why? Did he lose the ball in the lights? Why? You could, you could clearly see him slow down. If he runs through it, it's an easy catch. You know, people blame Romo for that game. Well, they, actually, they don't, they don't really blame Romo for that game. But they don't bring it up. That, what the hell was Creighton doing there? To this Creighton. day, I'd love, love to know what happened. Creighton had a terrible, a terrible, terrible game, and he definitely was the reason for that, for that loss. And he was one of the big-time trash talkers on that team, too. Um, I would like to know where Patrick Creighton is now. That's interesting. Um, so, but, yeah, talk about those dynasties. Obviously, the New England dynasty, you start with the, the tuck bowl, and then you have some of the memorable plays, um, and then you have some of the memorable losses, too. <laughs> those are always nice to bring up and rub it in that team's fan base. So we come back on the other side get to breaking down some of these depth charts some of these position battles as we prepare for 2018 fantasy football it's the exec and george kurtz have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis. Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Football friends, the FNTSY radio. Make sure you keep it locked all week long. Roto Experts exclusive best fancy football package will launch this week. You want to get in on the ground floor, win your championship in 2018. Make sure you keep it locked right here. You get more information. The great draft kit for featuring this King Scott Angle, the all in kid, Jake City, my man, George Kirch, myself, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Got the BFFs, Florio and Stample involved. So, going to be a good piece of fantasy football advice coming your way in a few short days. Make sure you keep a lot FNTSY radio as we get you the goods. <clears throat> George, one of the things I hate about this time of year, and you'll hear it even more so when we get into August, is the fact that um, this guy's looked great. Oh, he looks amazing so far. He's really come back with a new focus. He's playing with a different attitude. He's going to have a big season. A lot of times, George, these things don't take place. Right now, in some of the Detroit Lions camps, the guy's name that's ringing the most bells is Kenny Galladay, second-year wide receiver. We saw flashes at times last year. I don't think Galladay is going to get pushed up draft boards because of this, but he could have some value. What do you think about Galladay going into the season? I like the player. I like the player. Uh, I like what he gives them. You know, we all Golden Tate uh, is the reception guy. He's going to catch a lot of passes. Marvin Jones, good receiver in his own right. They use him a lot in the, uh, the end zone. But they need a bigger receiver. Someone go up and get the ball. So I like the idea of him. But, I mean, hey, what are you going to do? You're going to go out and draft him? He'd be a bench guy, a guy you're hoping hits. 
You know, he had a, what do you have, two touchdowns in the opening game last year, then pretty much, I don't know if he had two touchdowns the rest of the season. Got hurt a little bit. They didn't use him a lot. You know, so maybe another year helps him out here. Knows the offense a little bit more. Got some more of a trust of, uh, I almost said Sam Bradford, uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, so, and that can certainly be help here. But I'm not going out of my way to grab him, Corey. Uh, you mentioned, uh, when can you tell a coach is lying when his lips move? And they're all lying right now. What are they going to tell you? Oh, no, Galladay sucks, buddy. Corey, I got to tell you, Galladay can't. He's got hand to stone, can't run a route to save his life. What are they going to say? Of course they're going to say nothing but good things to the media. You know, it's, um, I know it's baseball, but, you know, if you go to Hanley Ramirez, oh, yeah, I'm going to steal 30 base hit, 30 home runs. Yeah, Hanley doesn't have a job right now. You know, that's just the way it is. Everyone feels great in preseason or in training camp. Everyone's going to have the best years of their life. You know, then once the, uh, you know, the games are real, uh, we'll, we'll see what really happens here. Not go- Another player, I don't mind having you as a, as a wide receiver on my bench. To see what happens here. You need a reserve wide receiver. There is some upside there, but not anybody I'm spending any kind of draft capital on. George, you have your rankings done yet? Uh, not that deep. Not uh, I do have okay. some of them done. Quarterback is done. Tight end is done. So I had to write the uh, I had to write the breakdowns. Uh, wide receiver, running backs. They go so much deeper. I have the probably the first forty wide receivers done. He's still not in there, which lets you know that's good. He's in, he's on the bench category. I do like the player though. Um. Yeah, I, and I agree with you on that. Hold on one second. I just got a text message. It's my homeboy. He just um. Is it Kenny Galladay? Is he mad? No, it's not Kenny Galladay. <laughs> no, it's not Kenny Galladay. Uh, it's one of my. Maybe it's uh, Matthew Stafford players. saying, "Hey, I'm going to throw to him more often this year." <laughs> I wish it was Matthew Stafford saying that. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to reply to this text message. This is a good buddy of mine. He went through a personal tragedy this week. So um, oh, I want to no, hit him up right okay. quick. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough, George. Um, on, the, on air right now, hold on, I'll take you through the process. On air right now, hit you back after show. That works, right? Hit you back, B-A-C-K, after <laughs> show. All right. All right, very good. Because you, you didn't tell him when the show's over. How does he know when you're going to hit him back? Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you you think he's following your life? Oh, yeah, of course. Today is <laughs> if he knew what time the show was over, I think he might have texted you after the show. Yeah, no doubt about it, my man. <laughs> so shout out to my man, Rel, down there in Virginia Beach. All right, so I wanted to hop back in on the Lions. Marvin Jones, two years ago, starts off hot, then it's a complete dud. Two years ago, Golden Tate starts off slow, catches 97 balls, wins people championships down the stretch. Last year, Tate regressed. Jones picked up solid season from Jones. I've always been of the elk that Marvin Jones sucks. My thing with Marvin Jones has always been, George, you know how you stop Marvin Jones? You tell somebody to cover him. And that right there, take care of Marvin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're. Let me just get the shit. You're not in the Marvin Jones fan club until what I saw at times last year, specifically when they played against the Minnesota Vikings, and everybody was saying to bench him because there's no way he had a chance to get a W versus Xavier Rhodes, and he tore Xavier Rhodes' ass up. And that's when I was like, you know what, Marvin Jones does not suck. This guy can go get it. And I think I want to be in on Marvin Jones this year as a wide receiver three. I still like Tate. I want Tate as a PPR four. But I think this year for the first time, I would give Jones a slight edge over Tate. How are you going with that? 
All right. So first off, we know that Marvin Jones is back on the Corey Parson Christmas card list. That's yes. nice. <laughs> That's made up. All right. Well, in two seasons with Detroit. All right. Marvin Jones, he's pretty much going gonna to catch 60 bulls. He's got 55 and 61. Uh, he's going to catch somewhere probably around 1,000 yards. Uh, touchdowns, four, one year, nine the, uh, the, uh, last year. I think that probably comes down. Maybe let's split the difference there, say six. So I like the receiver as well. But next thing we got to think, think about, well, you know, they have a running game now. At least they think they do, right? You spend a second-round pick on on Johnson, you have to assume <clears throat> excuse me, that you have a running game. Are you going to run the ball more? So does that take away passes from, you know, receptions from each of these guys, from Golden Tate and Marvin Jones? You also got LeGarrette Blunt, who I really don't, don't think affects the pass. I think he's more of a short yardage guy. So I don't think he affects anything. But on Johnson is the one guy I'm, I'm looking at here. Is he going to take away throws? Because they'll have a running game here. So maybe those numbers come down because of that. Of course, you can look at it the other way, too. You can be an optimist. Well, they have a running game. That means defenses have to respect the run. More big plays coming. But Golden Tate really isn't a big play guy. You know, Marvin Jones can be. This, that, this is what really could help Galladay, in my mind, more of a big play guy uh, going down the middle. Uh, bottom line is, I would actually go reverse. I, I like both players, but I would draft uh, Tate uh, above uh, Marvin Jones. More of a safer play there. PPR league, going to catch the Bulls. I, I'm, I'm positive Tate will catch, uh, make more catches, but he's not a red zone threat. You know, that's where Marvin Jones is better than Tate at. So it's really, what do you want? Do you want a chance with a bigger play guy, uh, bigger point guy in one week, which would be Jones because he can catch touchdowns, or the more consistent guy in Tate, get those six catches, you know, get your whatever, 60 yards, 12 points, every now and then a touchdown. I can see it going both ways here, but I'd have Tate higher. Yeah, and I can and I and I can definitely understand that. Like I said, the two players are going to be co- closely ranked. I'll be getting my rankings done this weekend, so um, they can be ready for when the package uh launches and kicks off. Another interesting piece uh, on this team is Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, longtime Seattle Seahawks tight end, he now takes over for Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron joins the Indianapolis Colts. You've already done the tight end write up, George. Give me some good news on Luke Wilson because he's a guy that I got my eye on. Well, if, if you're gonna draft Luke Wilson, you can wait. It doesn't, it doesn't sound that, like that, it doesn't sound like good news is coming. <laughs> well, that, that that's your good news. You can wait. You don't have there to draft him early. No, he, he, he's a bench. Uh, I, he's a he's a bench player. No, you 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 like drafting tight ends as a, a second tight end. You're right. I really don't. Would you feel yeah, comfortable starting the starting the season with him? Load up at other positions, get your tight end extra late, and start and run Luke Wilson out there as a starter. Are you that comfortable with him? Well, you, you look at tight end. I mean, uh, I think it's I'm only comfortable with seven to ten. You know, outside of the big names, you know, Ingram, Olsen, Walker, Graham, Rudolph, Burton, and Kittle. Those are the only guys I'm comfortable with. So uh, we'll go a 12 team league here. I mean, are you, you going to start Luke Wilson? Would you, would you start him with Jordan Reed? I I know all the problems with Reed, and I hate Reed. But would you start him? Would you take and start Wilson over Reed? Probably not. Cameron Brait. Definitely not. Yeah, so you see the problems here. Now we've already named twelve. I even I haven't even gotten to guys like Jack Doyle if, if uh, Luck comes back. Najoku, who I actually I kind of believe in Najoku with this uh, new Cleveland Browns offense. How about Antonio Gates? Now that Hunter Henry's out, Antonio Gates comes back into play here. Uh, Tyler Eifert, I'm staying away from. Uh, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins. I have him in this group with Safarian Jenkins, maybe Hooper. Uh, this is where Luke Wilson would be. Charles Clay, depending on who the quarterback is there. But I can't see him being a tight end one, not in a twelve team league. All right, I, I I can dig that. And you mentioned the fact about drafting two tight ends. Most of the leagues I play in, 20 roster spots. 
So now I got 20 roster spots. I can give one of my 20 roster spots to Luke Wilson and hope that hits. That means you have four bench players, right? 16 starters in most leagues, four bench. You don't start 16. You're going to waste one of the... 20 roster spots. You don't start 16. Draft 16. How many bench players you got there? So I have like seven, eight bench players. Oh, okay. That's different. I'm, I'm assuming most leagues only have five. I don't play in any. Wow, yeah. you play in uh, – I'd like to, mind you. I like leagues with deeper benches. I also like leagues – I'd rather get, get rid of the kickers, get rid of the defense, and add some more flex. You I know? agree. I'm not saying lose the positions, but add, add some flex. Make the league more fun. So I would like to go for that. Now, that, that changes things for me. If you have more than five, if, you, if you're going to eight bench spots, then I would just have to back up tight end. I'm probably just have to get back up quarterback then too. I'll cover myself because I have that flexibility. And yeah. the leagues, though, most leagues playing, we don't. We only have five bench spots. In that case, yeah. I'm not drafting a backup tight end. Not unless. Understood. I mean, now you said you would draft Jordan Reed. Would you? Do you have Jordan Reed? I know you didn't. Uh, you may have not done tight end rankings, but is Jordan Reed one of your top twelve tight ends right now? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I can't put Jordan Reed in the top twelve. Okay. I can't do it. Because if I was to draft Jordan Reed, he's not in my top twelve either. But if I was to draft Jordan Reed, then I'm forced, no matter what size league, doesn't matter anymore. To draft a backup tight end. And it can't be Vernon Davis. Because the problem with Jordan Reed is not so much that he misses games, that he comes out of games. So if he's yep. questionable going into a game, I'm probably going to sit him. And uh, I can't start Vernon Davis in case Jordan Reed does finish and play the whole game. In that case, I might have to start, you know, Jack Doyle, Najoku, Gates, someone like that. So that's the issue there with, uh, with Jordan Reed. It's why I can't stand him. It's not so much that he misses ga- I can live with him if he misses games. What? Reed's out? I'll just start Vernon Davis, no problem. But the problem is he's going to play a quarter. He's going to place a quarter and a half, and then you eat it after that. That's the frustrating part of Jordan Reed. I agree with you 100% on that, and that's what makes him very difficult to go to in those situations. So uh, we're on the same side with the, jo- with the Jordan Reed uh, conversation. When you look at the Carolina Panthers running back, they draft DJ Moore in the first round. He's the first wide receiver to go off the board. Devin Funches had a breakout season last year. We finally saw something for him. Other players like Jarius Wright on this roster that came over from Minnesota, not to mention Torrey Smith comes over from Philadelphia. Um, Devin Funches is like in the early drafts, Devin Funches is a steal. He's going in like the seventh round of, of drafts that are going on right now. The MFL 10s, he's going in like round six, seven. This is a guy who's going to flirt with wide receiver two numbers. One thing about uh, Cam Newton that we know, he's not an accurate passer. So he's going to need a guy who he's, – he's never going to make a wide receiver better because of uh, what he does. But he's still going to throw some touchdown passes. And Funches, once again, big guy who has that big wingspan. That's why they like Kelvin Benjamin. Same, you know, the same type of receiver as him. Uh, and we're forgetting about Funches. We are forgetting about Funches because we're down on Cam and his accuracy. And because Cam runs in so many uh, touchdowns. Then you got McCaffrey who's going to catch a lot of the passes there. I get it. You know, but I, I agree with you about Funches. I know I own him in a dynasty league, and I like what he brings there. I don't need him to be a uh, – could you draft him as a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and he does have wide receiver two possibilities. So, once again, it's what I said before. I like upside, and Funches has that. You know, I go – I'm fully aware he's not going to catch 90 balls. You know, not, not with Cam, not in that offense, not what they're, they're designed to do. But he's going to catch some touchdowns, and he's going to catch three, four passes a game. And I'll take that for where you can draft him. The value will pay off. Yeah, I definitely. I'm I'm in on him. I, I I like the fact that he is going um so late in drafts this year. 
and hopefully his ADP stays around the same because he was a player that was a season savior if he was able to get him last year. He played very well for the first time in his career, and I think he's the main guy out there. I like the rookie. I don't mind having exposure to the rookie, DJ Moore. The rest of it is obviously Greg Olsen and Christian McCaffrey will get his share of catches also, and that's kind of the pecking order when you look at the Carolina Panthers and their wide receiver, uh, the guys in their wide receiver room right there. I want to look at another wide receiver room, and I want to go up here to the Arizona Cardinals, who I find this one to be interesting also. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is clearly the man out there, been that way for years now. He continues to put up these tremendous seasons uh, no matter how old he gets. They bring in Bryce Butler from Dallas as an unrestricted free agent. They draft Christian Kirk. Those are mainly the main three guys right there. They still have guys like J.J. Nelson, who's never hit and stuff like that. George, I'm asking you about these wide receivers. Before you talked about their wide receivers, you're going to tell me about their quarterback, right? Always. It's the first place I look. You know, it's, uh, if, the, if they can't get the ball, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Uh, I assume that Bradford at least starts the season as the uh, starter. You know, I assume this is, assuming he stays healthy, which generally we know the injury is coming. We just don't know when. But Josh Rosen will take over at some point. Were you surprised that Fitzgerald came back? Because even if uh, one of these quarterbacks plays six, then that's not a playoff team. It's not a, a championship team. And he's flirted with retirement for a couple of years. I assume when Carson Palmer left that he would left, uh, that he would leave. Were you surprised that Fitzgerald came back? I was surprised that Fitzgerald came back. I think Fitzgerald's at a point in his career now where he may be chasing milestones. Where he may be going. I love Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I love him. too. I love him. I think he. I, I think he's everything a pro should be, you know, truly a pro. And uh, by the way, I'm not saying he should have retired. Not saying that at all. I am one of those people who believes you play until they they stop paying you. If you're those you're enjoying the game. I I'm I, me personally, I may do. If I was playing, I might might want to retire. I don't. Once I'm not big on getting my body beat up if I have nothing left to prove anymore. You know, the money yeah. doesn't mean anything anymore. But as far as Larry, I, I mean, I hope these guys play forever. You know, I'll say this again. I'm a Cowboy fan. It doesn't mean I hate everybody else. I enjoy watching professional athletes, whether it's baseball, football, hockey, whatever. I want, I want to see the best players. That's why it's always disappointing to me where when a player leaves before he, you know, when he still has left, something left to, to show, where he can still play, or uh, he gets hurt. I, you know, that's disappointing to me. I always like seeing the best players here. So it'll yeah. be disappointing when Fitzgerald retires. Uh, but I was a little surprised he stayed here. That being said, he's a wide receiver too. You know, no issue with Larry. He'll get his catches. Uh, he'll make his mark. I know you and I have discussed this before. I think Bryce Butler was the Cowboys. Well, now he might be their best receiver now that yep. Dez is gone. But I thought he was the second best after Dez. I thought they, uh, Terrence Williams is, you know, a fraud or really not very good. So I think he can make a mark here, but not fantasy-wise because of the quarterback situation. Sooner or later, they're going to go to Rosen, and there'll be some headaches there. You know, he I think get the ball. He's not going to Rosen, the person that benefits the most if they go to Rosen is going to be David Johnson. Because they go to Rosen, David John, Rosen, you know, a young quarterback, like you said, going to get the ball out of his hands quickly, reliable piece out the backfield like David Johnson could very well, you know, have another season where he catch 80 or so passes. A lot of people are down on Johnson this year. Not down on him, but kind of scared. Not, they're skeptical on Johnson. I'm not. I wouldn't mind putting David Johnson on any I think they're down on the teams. quarterbacks. They're down on the offense more than John. Johnson's, is, Johnson's fine. Yeah, the problem right, is the quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, no doubt about that. So uh, the kid, Christian Kirk, he could be an interesting piece. Highly regarded coming out of college. Looks like he's going to be a player that makes a dent, probably more so for dynasty leagues right now. But Larry Johnson, I mean, excuse me, Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, all the guys to look at on this Arizona Cardinal offense. Maybe you put a dollar on Ricky Seals Jr. a little bit later on. We come back on the other side. We tie it up, put a bow on it. Fancy football frenzy on FNTSY Radio.
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It's Carton and Friends! Raul from the NYPD. We're in your corner. I was sad, and when I heard what happened, you're very much like a cop. We're usually persecuted in the media, front page, and when you get cleared, it'll be on page 49 underneath the comics. We're standing behind you 110%. You've always been a big supporter of the NYPD. We don't forget it. We'll never forget it. It's tough, but you're going to get through it. Guaranteed. No doubt. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. See? It's good in the world, too. Weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Fancy football frenzy, FNTSY radio. Final couple of minutes, having a good time, hanging out, talking fancy football with my man, George Kurtz. Oh boy, George. Scott's Fishbowl, we talked about that. That's going to be fun. Scott's Fishbowl, you know, for like it's like the first industry draft of the year. So it always gets a, a lot of uh, eyeballs on it and stuff like that, so... Like Did he say when those drafts are starting? I believe it starts July 7th. Okay, it is the first week in July. That's what I assumed. Yeah, that's normally when they'll get that uh, that action going. George, did you, get a ch- did, you, did you get a chance to go to many football games? Uh, you know, it's funny. I think I've been to one football game in my life, uh, professional. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those guys. Uh, hey, I'm not a giant or jet fan. You know, so I, I don't feel any big need to go see a giant jet game unless they're playing the Cowboys. And uh, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> now, I, I can deal with cold, Corey. I am, I am someone who could deal with the cold. I, I referee hockey games. Those are outdoors all winter oh, long, yeah. so I freeze my ass off. But, you know, I got a nice leather couch here, Corey. I got three TVs above the fireplace. I can watch as many games as I want, and I do. And so uh, I see no reason to freeze uh, certain parts of my anatomy off. I, I just I just don't don't see it. Plus, if I'm going to a Giant Stadium, it's a hike. You know, it'll take two three hours to get that there. That is a hike. That's a hike Stadium. for you. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call it? MetLife Stadium now. Uh, that's a uh, yeah. It's, there's really no point for me to go. And now you know I, I do fantasy football live on Sunday, so I have to work. I love that. I have to work. <laughs> oh no, honey, I I can't go to your sister's uh, birthday party on football Sunday. I have to work. Yeah. I'm sorry. Silly me. My daughter I, the, My daughter my daughter's birthday's in December. She will never ever ever celebrate her birthday on a Sunday. She knows it's not going to happen. Yeah. Nope, not going to happen. No yeah, you know, I, I I when Corey, when she was born. You know, uh I didn't I, now, I didn't know. I don't know how you, if you found out about your child, but I, I neither one did I find out there the sex beforehand. As soon as my oh, wife okay. went into labor on a Saturday, I'm like, girl, having a girl, a boy, do this to me. a boy would not come out on Sunday. 
So I right away, I knew show. I was having a girl. And I told yeah, my wife that. So as soon as she, I'm like, oh, we're, ha- we're having a girl. As soon as the water broke, huh? Oh, I mean, it was, it was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Down, Dallas playing with Giants the next day. You know, I was like, oh, it was a big game back then. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to miss the game. My wife wanted to strangle me, Coy, because all during labor, you know, I'm there in the room with her, but I'm, with, I'm talking to the doctor, and, we're, and the football games are on, you know, on Sunday afternoon. I think the first game was Jets-Washington, and, my, and the doctor was a Washington fan. So I'm just talking to the doctor. In, in between contractions, I'm talking to the doctor about football. And I think <laughs> my wife had a gun. I'm dead. Yeah, she, I think really she had one more football talk. Oh, yeah, dead. Absolutely dead. What am I going to do? It was a long day, man. I got to talk to somebody about something. Other than push. Push. <laughs> you can do it. Push. Uh, okay, George. <laughs> how, how old is your daughter? The one you're talking about. <laughs> my oldest daughter is 11. So she, uh, she'll be 12 in December. My youngest is 7. 7 11. All right. So that, if I'm not mistaken, so that would have been 11 years ago, right? So I'm trying to think of what Cowboy-Giants game that would have been. Would, would, would that have Four been the one? 4 o'clock game in Giants Stadium. Is that the one where Martin Grammatica hit that kick? Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was Vanderjet that hit the kick, but you're, you got the right game. Parcells you got the right coach. game. I- oh, that's – I don't know that. It was 2006 – uh, it was a Tony Romo game. I remember that. And Dallas did win it on a late kick. I thought it was Vanderjet offhand, but I could be wrong. I certainly could be wrong about that. I didn't see much of the game, uh, but as I was leaving the hospital, uh, like seven o'clock at night, uh, and I think I was in the way of the lobby, whatever it was, they had the game on. I saw the game winning kick and I was exhausted. I'd been up almost 24 hours straight. I was just exhausted. All I remember seeing the kick and just smiling, you know, the Cowboys won, had my daughter damn good day. Uh, this was a Bill Parcells, this is the same team, this is a Bill Parcells head coach team, and they got that win versus the New York Giants on December 3rd, 2006. That would be it, that's her birthday. That is the game, that is the game, I know exactly what game you're talking about, I remember watching that game in the house, yelling, one of the biggest yells I ever made in my life, once that kick was hit, Mike Vanderjack was on the team that season, he was let go because he was horrible, and they ended up bringing in um, the gentleman I talked about, Martin Grammatica, Grammatica Automatica. Uh, Giants wore red uniforms that game. I remember that game. Uh, definitely was proud to be a Dallas Cowboy fan that day. And no Grammatica would have blocked a little bit. Tony Romo's fumble against Seattle wouldn't have mattered. Oh, God, George. Let's not, let's, let, let's not go through some of the heartache and heartbreak. Oh, you put up Dallas. Dwight Clark to me. Come on. <laughs> I didn't have to do that to you. You're right, George. Oh, it was a very good football but, game. But people forget Romo. during that. If Gramatica would have blocked a little bit. I understand the guy was 10 times aside. Just stand in his way. Let him run you over. Romo runs that in. And said Gramatica pretty much did the Ole thing, and the guy tackled him at the one. Yeah. Um, that was uh, that was something that was very difficult to handle. I was at work uh, in Washington, D.C., so I would be doing that was a night playoff game, so doing the night shift yep. at work, and um, you know all my uh, every all my coworkers were uh, diehard Washington Redskins fans, so they were um, filled with glee when that happened to Tony Romo. So there you go, right there. But what, what people forget though is that once again, sort of like the Green Bay game and uh, whether that Des caught it, there was time on the clock. 
Yep. And all Seattle would have needed was a uh, field goal. And Dallas did not have a good defense at all back then. So uh, I, I still tend to – I'm positive in the Green Bay game. That Green Bay scores again, so the Dez catch may not have mattered. In the Green Bay game, there wasn't quite as much time. I think in the Green in the Green Bay game, it was four-plus minutes. I think in the Seattle game, it might have been a little over a minute, minute 11. is uh, something I kind of remember there. So I still choose to believe. Vegas is making me happier. But I, I choose to believe that Master Hasselback still would have led the Seahawks down to a game-winning field goal. And uh, maybe it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Well, we'll never know, George. <laughs> it's how I sleep at night, damn it. Yep, you're, you're right about that. It does make it a little bit easier to, to, uh, to get some rest. What do you think of this year's Yankee team? They're, they're going out of control, aren't they? They can't lose. Well, you know what? Uh... I made the joke about the Patriots, and I think you said it earlier. The Patriots have nothing to play for until the second week in January. You know, they'll win the division. They'll probably get home field, so they don't have nothing to play for until then. The Yankees have nothing to play for. I said the only thing the Yankees are playing this regular season for is to see who wins the American League East. Yep. Right. Who's going to play the wild card? Who's? You don't want to play that. Other than that, yeah. Because let's say, let's say you want to give the Red Sox the uh, the division. Fine. Won't argue with you. Name me two teams better than the Yankees that are knocking them out of the wild card. Yep. Name me one That's team. Not going to happen. That you have the, the, the right. American this, League has four teams already. That's it. That's really all it has. Yeah, it has four. You teams. know, Cleveland, it, it, Houston, Yankees, Boston. You already know that, and that's the that's the that's the final four in the American League. So the National that's League what is I would much more wide open. That um, so, but we're not here to talk baseball, George. We're talking fantasy football. And you see where our boy T.O., who was on that 2006 Dallas Cowboy team, uh, has declined his invite. I mean, well, he'd be enshrined, but he is not going to show up to the Hall of Fame ceremony and probably the most T.O. thing ever. I mean, who does he think he's punishing here? Because exactly. really you're punishing yourself. If you're a professional athlete, other than winning a championship, other than winning the Super Bowl, what's the best part? You know, the number one thing that you want to do, you want to make Go the Go to the Hall of Fame. Yep. You want, that's, your, that's your day in the sun. Or your weekend in the sun, your weekend in the sun, whatever it is. You know, that, that's your day. I understand. Should you have gotten in on the first ballot? Sure. You know, second ballot? Certainly. You didn't. This has happened over and over again in the NFL. Like how, yeah. they, how these guys vote, these, these writers vote, this is very shady in the NFL. It's very shady. And we know why you didn't get in because, you know, you were a problem. You know, both with the media, all the antics you did, you were a locker room problem. You know, and that, they take that into consideration. Whether they should or they shouldn't, they do. But you're far from the only player, only great player who didn't get in on the first ballot or the second ballot. Yeah. I mean, they went, over, they went over players, I think it was on ESPN, players that had been screwed over too. And there's a lot of them. You know, so get over it. Are you, are you doing this for publicity? You know, every, no matter what, every publicity is good publicity no matter what. Is there some kind of money, financial consideration you want or something like that? You know, I just wonder... Who do you think you're punishing by not going? You're punishing yourself. The whole thing moves on, goes on. So you're punishing yourself. I think it might be different, Corey, if he was the only one being inducted this year. But I think that's impossible. I think the NFL has a uh, minimum of three. So maybe if he's one of three and the other two guys, were, you know, guys we never heard of, then maybe he, uh, he has a point here. Other than that, this is a pretty strong year. I think he's just punishing himself. I wish he'd go. I'm not a big T.O. guy, but still, I think he should go and enjoy his damn day. I agree with you 100%. Maybe they do change minds. If I'm the NFL Hall of Fame, I'm like, I'm not doing this back and forth with you. You said no. You can see T.O. maybe trying to throw some private event or something to try to get some money. I can see T.O. doing something like that. I also can see T.O. saying, you know what, I'm not going this year because I'm not headlining. Ray Lewis is obviously going to headline this class. He'll be the guy that speaks last. Uh, Randy Moss will also be going into the Hall of Fame this year. So I believe a lot of that played into the decision also. Then you then. 
it's also a situation of, you know what? This is just Terrell Owens. This is just who he is. I think he's the second best wide receiver to ever play the game. The numbers dictate that. He had a Hall of Fame career in San Francisco. He had a Hall of Fame career in Philadelphia. And he had a Hall of Fame career in Dallas. I mean, this guy, when he was a Bengal, he was still putting up numbers. He can really play, T.O. And, um, it's, yeah, he should have got in on the first ballot, but he didn't. Let it go, T.O., and keep it moving. A lot of, a lot of emotional issues with Terrell Owens, George. <clears throat> oh, I agree. I, I think everything he says is one hundred percent correct. He, uh, he's if you want, they want to put him at top two. I mean, even if you want to downgrade the guy, he's no worse than top five. I yeah. mean, I, I would, I think about it. I would have a number three personally. So it's just splitting hairs here. But I mean, you didn't get in on the first ballot. It's happened to other people. Uh, did we lose George? Fancy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, 844-843-6879. Telephone number to get involved. Hey, uh, fourth floor. With Adam Fantasy Football Frenzy. Uh, we got you. Uh, we back, George? Talking with uh, George Kurtz, Fantasy Football Frenzy, right here, FNTSY Radio. Last couple, last couple minutes of the program. We got George up. All right. So, who we got downstairs on the fourth floor? Uh, I'm here. I'm Rob, producer. I'm also with uh, right. Sean Angle. All right, so, cool. Rob, how's everything going today? Everything's going good up until this little technical just, difficulty. Just now, huh? Yeah, everything, everything's been going good. How's everything with you? I'm doing well, Rob. You play any fantasy football? I do not. I'm not great. I, I haven't not? been good at fantasy. I'm just not good at it. I've tried. Really? I've tried with fantasy football, fantasy baseball. I, I, don't, I just don't have the magic touch. Do you think being here at the Fancy Sports Network is going to improve that touch? Possibly. I mean, I'm here every weekend, and I hear, I would say, the, probably the most knowledgeable people in the business. Not gonna, I don't want to well, toot anybody's horn, you know. But Well, you can toot mine. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I've learned a decent amount. I just, I, you know what? I, like, I don't follow football like that. Like, I follow, I'm a Jet fan, and like, it, when the Jets suck, which is all the time, I like I, I really don't pay attention that much to anything else. It's just like the Jets, and really? then that's really it. Yeah. What is what are you so busy doing that you can't follow the Jets? No, I do follow Jets. I'm saying I only follow the Jets. Okay. Yeah. Who's you like a, a Jet fan, huh? That like sucks. an act. Yeah, an actual Jet fan. Like uh. Well, it's a lot of them on the staff. Yeah. It, What'd you say there? I said uh. It's unfortunate that I'm a Jet fan. Actually, George is about to come on right now. I'll put him on hold. 
Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Fantasy Executive, like I said earlier, 2018 Roto Experts Edge exclusive fantasy football package will be up and at them this week coming up. You should be able to get um, all the information you need to win your league in 2016. I know earlier this week, planning out some articles that I'll be writing, you already heard some of all the good stuff that George Curse is doing. So basically, what we do with the exclusive edge is the draft kit. No matter what your league size is, no matter what you know your your format that you play in, whether it's PPR or non-PPR, you have rankings from the best guys in the business going into it, including my man, including my man George Seeley. We got we got who? Including my man Jake Seeley, or uh, George Kurtz. His rankings to be up there. The BFFs, Florio and Stanford have rankings. I'll throw my rankings up there too. So. It is something that we put a lot of work into it, so be prepared. and definitely want you to go out there and uh, subscribe to the Roto Experts 2018 Fantasy Football Kit that comes out later on this week. So have a good time with that one right there. As far as what we got coming up on the network, Fantasy Football Frenzy, now back to broadcasting five days a week during the weekday. So you'll get us Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, Wall Street, Matt Medica. The same hijinks that we bring each and every year. Justin, uh, let me. This Justin's on a phone caller. Justin is on uh, Tout Wars after this. He's in and he said he would hop on. Actually, George is on right now. Let me see if I can get him on right now. Justin, my man, what's going on with you, buddy? Nope. You should have George right now. George, what's up with you? All right, Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Having some technical difficulties, but pushing it all the way through. Tout Wars program coming up next. Is that you, Justin? George? I'm still here, Corey. There we go, George Kurtz. Glad we can get you for the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dedicated, though. I did my best to fix the technical issues here, which ended up being a power, uh, a power outage. So that was on your end, huh? Yes, it was my it was my fault. Everything uh, I lost everything here, so it took me a while. You know, modem has to reboot, router has to reboot, blah blah blah. You know that that whole thing. We were we were just having a conversation, George, and then you just dropped out, and I was left on an and I was left on an island. But anyway, George, thanks for hopping back on for this last thirty seconds of fantasy football frenzy. We had a very good program today outside of five minutes. Tout Wars program, my man Justin Mason coming up next. Justin, shout out to you for willing to hop in right quick. For everybody on the fourth floor, for my man George Kirsch, fantasy exec, we out. <laughs>